Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for stopping by. I know in these strange and hectic times, it isn't always easy to make time to catch up on reading, go see a new film, or listen to a podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for making the time. The full moon hangs high over the Louisiana swampland. The bright stars flicker in the jet black night. Shadowy waters lick against the towering ominous cypress trees. Frogs croak, crickets chirp, and insects buzz in the warm night. There's a howl from these backwoods. Anyone in hearing distance has a sudden chill run down their spine. It sounds like a wolf, but something's a little off. Standing on two legs on top of a fallen moss-covered tree is a large, snarling beast, wolf-like, but not a wolf. It throws its head back, letting out a blood-curdling howl to the moon. No ordinary werewolf, though. This is the terrifying Louisiana creature known as the Rougarou. You've likely seen werewolves many times in films and TV shows. Perhaps you even dressed as one for Halloween. And if you visited the Facebook page this week, our Monday monster featured the werewolf. While there have been reported shapeshifters throughout history and in many cultures, the werewolf you know today is a distinctly European invention. What we are going to discover together in this episode is the Cajun werewolf known as the Rougarou. By the way, just to share with you, there must be 20 different ways to spell Rougarou, making it really hard to keep up. The story of the Rougarou, also known as the Loupgarou, is not unique to southern Louisiana. It seems to have traveled from France to anywhere French people settled. Loup is French for wolf and garou comes from the Frankish word garouf, also meaning wolf. The menacing half-human, half-animal, mythical beast appears in French lore beginning in the Renaissance period, perhaps even sooner. Naughty children or Catholics who didn't practice Lent for seven consecutive years might find themselves turned into one. Of course, those who didn't believe that the loup garou is real merely said that these fables were made up to scare people into behaving correctly. The Rougarou is essentially Louisiana's bayou-dwelling werewolf, and it's a prominent fixture in Cajun folklore. It is most often described as having a human body with the head of a wolf or dog, with glowing red eyes and razor-sharp teeth. Some variations associate it with other small animals due to the fact that wolves no longer exist in Louisiana. Suggesting that if the lore and legend no longer fit, bend it until it does. Of course, the flip side of that is, 
if there are no longer any wolves, then seeing a seven-foot-tall wolf probably points to something definitely more sinister and supernatural. The Rougarou is often also associated with the skunk ape, or the Honey Island Swamp Monster, likely due to another variation of the myth that states the creature is a shapeshifter that can change forms between human and animal at will. That sometimes makes it seem more like a swamp Sasquatch than a werewolf. Patricia Perrin, a retired English instructor and folklore specialist, describes the Rougarou as an important identification marker for South Louisiana's culture. Perrin's statement is quite obviously true due to the Rougarou's clear influence in local culture and beyond. The Audubon Zoo in New Orleans has an exhibit dedicated to the Rougarou, which includes a statue of the creature itself. Audubon's website also has Rougarou t-shirts for sale. The New Orleans Pelicans, Louisiana's NBA team, were formerly known as the Hornets. When they were choosing a new name, one of the trademarks filed for was for the name the New Orleans Rougarou. On the last Saturday in October in the city of Houma, Louisiana, the annual Rougarou Fest is held. The Rougarou myth is even so prevalent that the term Rougarouing, or similar terms, have become used to describe a person who stays up late or is active at night. And even outside of Louisiana, its impact is felt. The Cedar Point Amusement Park in Sandusky, Ohio, has a roller coaster named Rougarou. This creepy creature is said to live in the swamps and sugarcane fields of southern Louisiana, waiting for its next victim. The story of the Rougarou is centuries old, and, as any oral tradition goes, sometimes new stories splinter off into their own versions. While all of those versions are cautionary tales, there are a few different variations. In one version, the Rougarou hunts down Catholics who do not obey the rules of Lent. In another version, parents use the tale of the Rougarou to ensure children behave and stay safe. In yet another version, the Rougarou is under a spell for 101 days, and afterward, the spell is then transferred to another person when the Rougarou draws the blood of someone else. Adding to the paranoia and terror of the situation is that during the day, the creature is in human form, so it could be anybody. But at night, they take the form of the Rougarou on the prowl for blood. The truth is, the Rougarou could be anyone, even someone close to you. When traveling down the interstate or the back roads in Louisiana, you'll see lots of beautiful scenery. The swamps can seem downright primordial. But make no mistake, the swamp is a very dangerous place to roam. Alligators, poisonous snakes, quicksand, and other nasty obstacles to safe passage make the swamp a place to avoid unless you know what you're doing. Looked at closely, the Rougarou appears to be a combination of the same influences that form the cultures of Cajun country. The world is a dangerous place where misfortune can happen quickly, anytime, especially at night. Unity is essential to our survival because things are not always as they appear, and someone close by might not be who you think they are, at least not at night. The different versions of the Rougarou beast are as many as reported sightings of it. A quick browse and you'll find many pictures of the Rougarou. 
However, it is unlikely you will find any alleged real photos of a Rougarou, if there are any, as most claims of sightings have turned out to be a hoax. The Rougarou is as Cajun as Jambalaya and Gumbo. So to understand the creature a little more, we journey to Arcadiana in Louisiana. Historically, part of French Louisiana, our present-day Cajun territory was inhabited by Atacapa Native Americans. Lower Louisiana had been settled by French colonists since the late 17th century. In fact, many Cajuns are descendants of these early French Americans who lived in southern Louisiana. However, the Cajuns also trace their roots to the influx of Acadian settlers after the great expulsion from their homeland during the French and British hostilities in the mid-1700s. Acadia was a colony of New France in northeastern North America. The Acadia region consisted largely of what are now Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, plus parts of eastern Quebec and northern Maine. In the years after the British conquest, the Acadians refused to swear unconditional oaths of allegiance to the British crown. During this time period, some Acadians participated in militia operations against the British, and the British sought to neutralize any military threat Acadians posed by deporting them. Between six and 7,000 Acadians were expelled from Nova Scotia to the lower British American colonies. After 1764, many exiled Acadians finally settled in Louisiana, already with a sizable French population. The Acadians intermarried with other settlers, forming what became known as Cajun culture. The term Acadian developed into Cajun, which was first used as a derogatory term until its later mainstream acceptance. Many now identify as Cajuns or Louisiana Creoles. Of the 64 parishes that make up the state of Louisiana, 22 named parishes make up this intrastate region, a region which became known as Acadiana in the latter part of the 20th century. The Cajuns make up a significant portion of South Louisiana's population and have had an enormous impact on the state's culture. Since their establishment in Louisiana, the Cajuns have become famous for their unique French dialect, Louisiana French, also called Cajun French, although the dialect predates the Acadians' arrival in Louisiana. And they've also developed a vibrant culture, including folkways, music, and cuisine. The Acadiana region is heavily associated with them. If you've ever listened to Louisiana folk music with fiddles and accordions playing, or eaten gumbo, jambalaya, boudin sausage, or boiled crawfish, you've experienced some of this Cajun culture of Louisiana. Part of this unique culture also extends into the area of legends and lore associated with the geographic region and the people's French-based culture. Let's look at a few of the better-known legends and folklore. The La Fofolic. Also known as the Cajun Fairy, it appears as a phosphorus ball of fire or a ghostly light or flame in the swamps and marshlands of Louisiana. This lore originated in the swamps of Louisiana. It can sometimes take the form of loved ones, and it's also said to have a devilish version. La Fofolic entrances its visitors into following this light, leading them deeper and deeper into the swamp. 
Its goal is to confuse those who follow the light until they are hopelessly lost, never to leave the swamp again. Gently floating and beckoning all to follow, some say it is swamp gas. Some say the ball of light is the spirit of a lost child who left its nursery. Some say it is a spirit which may or may not be evil. And others say it will lead you to treasure. Just hide and watch to see if it hovers over a certain place. Come back in the daylight with a shovel, and you may find Pirate Jean Lafitte's treasure. But beware. Many have tried to follow La Fufolic, and few have returned. So if for some reason you find yourself in the Louisiana swamp at night, don't follow that light. The Luton According to Cajun folklore, a Luton is the spirit of a child. It is an impish spirit that enjoys causing trouble. Lutons are known for doing things like scaring farm animals, spoiling milk, and taking random items and depositing them in places you would never think to look. So, if you cannot find your car keys, and you know you set them on the counter, you may want to ask the Luton to return them. The Honey Island Swamp Monster Lying between the East Pearl and West Pearl Rivers in southeast Louisiana, the Honey Island Swamp is a tract of bottomland that has contributed many spooky stories. Located in St. Tammany Parish, the Honey Island Swamp is considered to be one of the most pristine river swamps in the country. One crazy, and I do mean crazy, legend has it that early in the 20th century a train carrying a traveling circus crashed and many chimpanzees escaped. Naturally, they bred with alligators in the area, which resulted in the creation of a hybrid creature. I think I'll just stick with the idea that this is another offshoot of Bigfoot, a marooned alien, or even an interdimensional being, anything other than a monkey-gator love child. Believed to be about seven feet tall with three-toed webbed feet, a weight close to 400 pounds, matted gray hair, and piercing yellow reptilian eyes, the monster seamlessly blends into its surroundings, making it very difficult to spot. For decades, there has been a legend of the Honey Island Swamp Monster floating about, and at least one man claims to have seen it with his own eyes. The first spotting of the monster was in 1963 by Harlan Ford, who later returned to the area with a friend to get a cement casting of the creature's webbed claw foot. The Grunch On the eastern side of New Orleans, there is said to be a strange group of people who, for many years, lived secluded in the outer swamps and forests away from the city. Their seclusion caused them to eventually become deformed, and many described them as small, dwarf-like creatures who lived at the end of a long, lonely road. But they are not the Grunch. When pets and people started disappearing from the area, the road became known as haunted. Some say the strange people hired a beast to protect them from the onlookers who started showing up at their homes. This monster beast is the Grunch. Stories of the Grunch have circulated in the New Orleans area for centuries, the oldest account being shortly after the Louisiana Purchase. According to the legend, the monster is said to have razor-sharp teeth, the legs of a goat, and is the size of a man. It lurks in the tall grass, waiting for those who park their car on Grunch Road, which has since been repaved and renamed, 
Some stories claim that the grunge is the result of a curse put out by none other than the voodoo queen herself, Marie Laveau. And finally, we come to our favorite Cajun monster, the Rougarou. The Rougarou has a varied history, though all variations seem to trace it back to the French. Some sources claim the myth originated in medieval France, when belief in werewolves would have been far more prevalent. A version from the 16th century paints it as being seen as something similar to a genetic disorder rather than the curse most other versions of the myth portray the Rougarou as being. In this version, the Rougarou would live life as a normal person until some event occurred that triggered their condition. Their body would then undergo a transformation and they would develop a craving for meat. Their full transformation into their Rougarou form would be completed once they had their first bite of human flesh. The story of the Rougarou supposedly changed once French immigrants came to live in the area that is now Louisiana. Across French Louisiana, it is a common legend, and most Louisiana natives are very familiar with at least the name, if nothing else. The Rougarou is also thought to be nothing more than a boogeyman story to scare children or Catholics into obedience. As previously noted, children are told by their elders to behave or else the Rougarou will get them. And Catholics are told it will hunt down and kill them if they don't obey Lent. And speaking of scaring Catholics, one French Catholic myth claims that in order for someone to turn into a Rougarou, they must break Lent seven years in a row. Local stories say the Rougarou roams the streets at night, antagonizing people to attack it. When the first drop of blood is drawn, the creature returns to human form and tells the attacker who it really is. If this witness tells anyone about this encounter within a year and a day, they will become a Rougarou themselves. Other variations say a Rougarou can turn their victims into a Rougarou merely by making eye contact. There also exist more supernatural explanations for the origins of the Rougarou. Some versions of the myth involve witchcraft, wherein a witch has the ability to curse someone to be a Rougarou. The unfortunate person is under the spell for 101 days, and the curse is transferred when it draws another human's blood. One way to protect yourself from the Rougarou is to put things like rice or 13 coins on the floor around your bed. The Rougarou will spend the night either counting the grains of rice one by one or starting over the coin count when he reaches 12. Apparently, he cannot count above the number 12. The Rougarou may be evil incarnate, but he is apparently somewhat obsessive-compulsive. In actuality, this happens to borrow from vampire mythology where it said vampires must stop and count every seed or grain left at a door, windowsill, or on a roof, even to the point of sunrise destroying them. So, how does one become a Rougarou? Unlike with the typical werewolf legends, it's not from a bite or scratch. According to folklore, a Rougarou is a human that has been placed under a spell, a spell not that easy to break. Folklore tells that a Rougarou has the opportunity to change back to a human after 101 days, but only after finding another human who's willing to have the curse transferred to them. The process of transferring the curse involves the willing human drawing the blood of the Rougarou on the 101st day after the curse was initially placed. Then the former Rougarou is freed from the curse and allowed to take human form permanently. However, according to other accounts, there is no escape from the curse. Once the human is cursed, it is permanent. 
The Rougarou life involves shape-shifting into its beast form every night, then being forced to transform back into a human at sunrise. This is similar to that of a traditional werewolf, however, unlike a werewolf, the Rougarou during the day appears weak, sickly, and vulnerable, and a full moon is not required for the transformation to occur. Another version believes a person with the curse will not transform into a Rougarou until it consumes human flesh. And finally, some old beliefs state that the Rougarou curse can only be performed by a witch. The witch will either become the beast herself to pass the curse by biting another human or cast a lycanthropy spell upon another human. The person who receives the curse would not be able to pass on the curse because only the witch has that power. As is the norm with traditional legends, these stories of origin and behavior often contradict one another. No matter what the correct version is, though, one does not want to be caught in the path of a Rougarou. A domineering, dark-haired, long-fanged beast with bright red eyes and much like the werewolf has the head of a rabid wolf and the body of a man. Worst of all, this swamp monster is believed to have a strong taste for human flesh. When it becomes overwhelmed with its curse, the Rougarou will wander the streets at night searching for a liberator among the crowds of people. It will run through the area and cause havoc to each individual until somebody eventually shoots or stabs the creature. With the first drop of blood drawn, the beast will then turn back into a man and reveal to its attacker his true name. Usually happening within the smallest of towns in Louisiana, the Rougarou is often already known by its killer. Before the dying man takes his last breath of life, he will warn his deliverer that he cannot mention a word of the incident to anyone for one full year, or he too will suffer the same fate and become the Rougarou. It also should be noted that it isn't strictly a werewolf-only entity. It can shapeshift to any animal that calls the bayou home. Laura McKnight wrote about the Rougarou for Homa Today magazine and recounted a tale that appeared in a 1971 Louisiana Folklore Society publication where the Rougarou appears as a calf struck by a motorist on the highway. And when the driver got out of his vehicle, the calf had vanished, and an uninjured man, apparently a Rougarou, was walking away from the spot where the creature was hit. And we will use that little story to move on now to some other frightening tales of Rougarou encounters. No silver bullets required. Despite the Rougarou legend seemingly beginning as a way to scare Catholics and children, many locals maintain its existence and have their own personal stories, especially among the older generation. A story in the Daily Comet, a newspaper in Thibodeau, Louisiana, titled Tales of the Rougarou Still Haunt Local Memories, states that in the past, rumors about strange or eccentric neighbors would float through small bayou communities labeling various people as the dreaded Rougarou. This suggests an explanation for the abundance of stories from locals about seeing a Rougarou for themselves. As we hear these stories, you will note there are often no definitive dates. Details of what year a sighting occurred is often missing. Likewise, there is often no specific location described, and there is usually no real name associated with either the teller of the tale or others in the story, though maybe that can be explained by people not wanting to be ridiculed for seeing a seven-foot-tall wolf monster. 
The Boy and the Dog A story in the Nicholsworth, a local college paper in Thibodeau, Louisiana, titled Rougarou Remains Strong Figure in Cajun Folklore, recounts a story from a woman about an experience in her youth. She says a large white dog followed a young boy home, annoying him throughout the walk, nipping at his heels. The dog was urging the boy to attack, and eventually the boy pulled a knife out and slashed the dog. The boy saw the dog turn into a man. This was a mistake, however, because this was not a dog, but the Rougarou. The Rougarou turned back into the man, telling the boy that he had sold his soul to the devil and ended up a beast. Again, he urged the boy to stay silent about their encounter, but the boy wasn't able to keep the secret. He ran home to tell his family. According to the woman, the next day, a prominent physician appeared in town with his right arm cut and in a sling. I remember when the physician shot himself here in Lockport. After repeating the story, the boy started to disappear from his room at night, and none of his friends or family could find him anywhere until the following mornings, at which point he would appear back in his room with no explanation as to where he had been. This went on for about a year, until one morning his body was found laying in the street. The police claimed it was most likely suicide, but friends and family of the boy knew that there would soon be a new Rougarou roaming the streets. Anyone who has ever lived in a small town knows that no story can be kept secret for long, not even the tale of the Rougarou. The woman concluded, The boy had left a letter that the family turned over to the sheriff. Even today, the sheriff refuses to let anyone see it. Writing in Acadiana Profile magazine, David Cherami says, Growing up in the bayous, I heard a slightly different story about the Rougarou. When I was little, the Rougarou was described to me, according to someone who had seen him, of course, as some kind of ogre who could change shape or even make himself invisible. He was over seven feet tall, but with a head too small for the rest of his body. He lived deep in the bayous and loved to eat disobedient children who got lost there. They say he's been there forever, and for that reason, no one knows his true age. More modern sightings tend to be by passing motorists along rural roads or Highway 90, who will see the creature running along the side of the road or even attacking their vehicle, and they have often been reported rummaging through trash or even attacking pets. The Young Wife Another story is a woman had asked her husband to go and get some food for dinner. Some time went by and he hadn't returned, so she went out to look for him. As she walked along the road towards the town, she said she heard what sounded like animal noises. In a flash, a werewolf-like animal was said to have attacked her. She managed to kick it in the face, leaving a deep scratch, and ran off, but the animal reportedly started to chase her on its hind legs, then on all fours. Luckily, a car came along the road and the animal is said to have disappeared. The driver of the car was her neighbor, who drove her home. On arriving back at her house, it's claimed she saw her husband, who had a deep scratch on his face. The Newlywed A 19th century tale of the Rougarou involved a young newlywed who is waiting for her husband late on a moonlit night near the swamp. Although her husband has warned his bride not to go out after dark, 
she becomes impatient for his return and ignores his warning. As the girl stands there in the chill of the night air, she sees a huge dark form with red glowing eyes emerge from the woods. She's stricken with terror when before her, in the clearing, stands a huge wolf man. Shocked by the sight of the Rougarou, she fails to avert her eyes from the creature's fiendish gaze before it retreats back into the woods. Remembering the tales of the Rougarou, she locks herself in the woodshed each night of the full moon and tells no one of her experience. Since her husband frequently works at night, he doesn't know that she locks herself up on each full moon. Finally, the allotted time of a year and a day passes. Her husband quite unexpectedly asks her if she has ever waited for him at night by the edge of the woods. The young wife lies and says that she hasn't. Her husband looks straight into her eyes and replies that he knows she has, because he was the Rougarou she encountered a year and a day ago. He goes on to tell her that since she had kept her silence about the experience for the requisite year and a day, the curse is now broken for both of them. Rougarou Roadkill Back in 1996, the De Quincey News printed a rather unusual story. It tells the story of a woman named Barbara Mullins who stumbled across something very unusual on the side of a rural Louisiana State Highway. Mullins was driving down Louisiana State Highway 12 when she noticed what appeared to be the road-killed carcass of a large animal at the edge of the road's paved surface. She decided to stop and have a look. What she saw amazed her. She described the animal as being roughly equivalent in size to an adult St. Bernard. The beast was covered with a thick matted coat of reddish-brown hair. What really stood out to Mullins was the overall simian appearance of the animal. This didn't look like any sort of dog she had ever seen. The snout was more like what one would see on a baboon than a dog, and the ears of the animal were small and pointy, not dog-like at all. The feature that stood out more than any, however, was the very unpaw-like feet of the creature. They were long and elongated and looked much more like the feet of an ape than those of any canine. Mullins, unlike so many people who have had strange encounters, had a camera in the car and took several intriguing photos. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries wasted little time before stating the animal was nothing more than a Pomeranian dog. Others felt, due to the simian-like features present, that the animal was some sort of primate. Some ventured this was physical evidence proving the existence of none other than the legendary Rougarou. Whatever the animal might have been will likely never be known. Even the photos themselves, intriguing as they are, are frustrating in that there is nothing in them to provide scale and thus verified the claim that the animal was the size of a St. Bernard. Was it just a Pomeranian dog that had gone feral or something more? Is this the real creature behind the tales about the Rougarou? A Hunter Encounters a Rougarou In her wonderful book, American Monsters, Linda Godfrey recounts a story by a hunter from Jefferson Parish in southeast Louisiana. In November of 2012, the hunter and his dog had gone out to a field looking for any deer or perhaps feral hogs. They got more than they bargained for. In the middle of the field sat some type of broadcasting tower. 
and just as they reached the tower, his dog stopped short. The hairs on her back were sticking straight up, he wrote, and she was trembling and growling. Then I heard a growl back. He shined his handheld spotlight in the direction of the unknown growl and realized it was neither a deer nor a wild pig. Standing there at least seven feet tall, he wrote, with bright yellow shining eyes on two legs was what I would say was a, a werewolf. It looked like the one in that movie, The Howling, and it was covered in black fur with a few strips of grayish color here and there. The man slowly began to back away. My rifle was on my back, but I also carry a pistol, and I drew it immediately as I turned to walk away. Once the light was off him, I was still close to this creature, I would say 30 feet or less, when he squatted down and hit the woods on all fours. I immediately couldn't see him, so I started heading back to my truck, which was a few football field lengths away. As I'm running on this levee, I can hear him tearing through the woods, and then he popped back out. I heard the growl he made, turned around, turned on the light I have on my pistol, and this time we were close enough where I think he could have leaped at me, and I fired, hitting him in the chest area. He stumbled slightly, hit the woods, and went the other way, and I ran to my truck and went straight home. I never spoke of this to my wife or any family members. They'd think I was crazy. My grandpa told me to stay away from that area. He said when he was 17, he had something follow him and make a howling noise he never heard before. But I thought he was just telling me that because shining at night for deers or pigs isn't legal. Which, Linda points out, is possibly the reason the hunter did not give permission to use his name. Jace P.'s Encounter Jace P. had a good reason to leave Louisiana as soon as he could after he had grown old enough. When he was a kid, Jace would spend time at his father's auto repair shop watching his dad repair cars for customers. One day, an old man came in with his car. It just isn't running right, he said. No problem. Jace's dad said, we'll take a look and get her running for you. The old man took a seat next to Jace. He then asked Jace a strange question. Know anything about the Rougarou? Jace thought it was an odd question, but answered a little bit. After an awkward silence, Jace said, what about you? Do you know anything about it? The old man became somewhat irate and serious and said, you shouldn't ask such questions if you know what's good for you. Shortly, Jace's dad came back. It was just the spark plugs. I replaced them. All's good now. No charge. The man looked at ease again, said thank you, and left. When Jace told his father about the weird exchange, his father said, You just stay away from that man. You stay close to me, you hear? A few weeks later, Jace was awakened in his bed by a sound outside his window. As he looked out, he saw a huge wolf snorting and sniffing at the ground. What was most disconcerting was it was smelling the very places he had sat or played at. He didn't see the wolf again, but never forgot that the thing seemed to be stalking him. Who is following me? Unlike werewolves, the Rougarou hunts you for days, weeks, sometimes even years. 
In the summer of 2016, farmers' animals in and around our small Louisiana town began disappearing. In addition, people in their homes were being harassed with strange bangs and sounds outside. In February 2017, my mom and I were sitting out on the back porch when we heard a large animal crunching through the brush, seemingly out of breath. It moved close to our garage, and we got the sense it was coming for us, so we went inside. Later that night at about 1 a.m., I could hear it outside again and distinctly heard it growling. I texted my mom, who responded she was going outside. I got up and watched as she stepped outside holding a 12-gauge shotgun. I held the flashlight for her. As I swung it around, we both saw it, the Rougarou. It was a large wolf-like creature with brown and grayish fur, and it was huge, about seven feet tall, with a curved back. It dropped to all fours and ran toward us. My mom shot at it. She later told me she was sure she had hit it, but it just ran by us and out into the woods. Even today, we don't go out alone at night, and we don't talk about it, as my mom has warned us about. Stanley. Uh, this is my experience with the Rougarou. It happened in 2003 when my girlfriend and I were out camping with friends. We had brought along walkie-talkies so from inside the tents we could easily talk to each other. I heard rustling outside and called the other tents to see if anyone else was hearing it too. We guys decided to meet outside the tents. I made sure to bring my rifle. Now, the sound was quite clear and was getting closer. It sounded heavy, almost like another person was out there. And really, the idea it could be a person out there lurking in the woods rather than just an animal was frightening, and it worried me even more. All of a sudden, we hear nightmarish screaming, but it was coming from behind us. We instinctively turned in that direction. The sight was hideous. It at first looked like a person, but then I could see it looked more like an old woman. Her legs were bent backwards and were veiny, and her feet had claws. It looked like it was in the process of changing into or from something. It was making its way to my tent where Yvonne was. I remembered I had my rifle and I shot at it. I must have hit it because it screamed again and ran off into the woods. Doug and one of the other guys ran after it. When they returned, we all scrambled into the van and took off. We didn't even load up our gear. I have never been back to that place and never plan to go back again. Despite the fact that it was originally a legend, there are still claimed sightings of the Rougarou to this day, though it has died off a bit in the past decade. Of course, not everyone down in the bayou is convinced that the Rougarou exists. They may believe, however, in the power that the legend holds over those who do believe. When Juliet Henry of Homa spends a restless night tossing and turning in her bed, she tells people, I made the Rougarou all night. Some locals also use the word to describe a person who carouses at night, roaming in a rowdy fashion. He was out rougarooing. It is easy to find people who have a story about the Rougarou, but it's very difficult to find people who actually believe in the Rougarou. People do seem to want to hold on to the story, even if they don't necessarily believe it's true. The power of cultural identity seems to play a part, as it does with any element of culture, like music or cuisine. 
it's no more likely the Cajun community would give up the Rougarou than they would give up crawfish or gumbo. So although the role of the Rougarou may be shifting, it continues in the traditional folklore of Cajun culture. And make no mistake, many true Cajuns believe that there is something in the swamps, even if they don't know what that something really is. If you've ever been in a swamp, you can feel like there are eyes on you at all times, that there's something just beyond your sight. The darkness always makes people jump a little. And add to that, South Louisiana is full of gators, wild boar, poisonous snakes, and other nasty beasties, so it's only normal for people to think there is something out there, something that perhaps cannot be explained. In the final analysis, maybe the Rougarou belongs in that mysterious realm we secretly hope exists, that we want to exist. The world somehow feels more alive, more interesting with the idea that a creature like the Rougarou might actually be lurking in the swamps. Let's give the final word to writer Sean Ward. I don't know if I believe in the stories of the Rougarou, but if the people of Louisiana say that it's real, I guess I will have to believe them a little. It's their home. Who am I to say they're lying? I don't think anyone will ever find out if it's real or not. But the legend will stand as long as there are Cajuns in the swamps. Postscript The Rougarou Festival in Homa, Louisiana Held on the last Saturday in October in the city of Homa, the Rougarou Fest is a free, family-friendly festival with a spooky flair that celebrates the rich folklore that exists along the bayous of southeast Louisiana. It showcases live music, cultural activities, children's activities, Cajun food, the crew, Garou parade, and so much more. All proceeds go to the South Louisiana Wetlands Discovery Center, a nonprofit organization that's revolutionizing how we think, teach, and learn about Louisiana's disappearing coast. The Rougarou Fest has been ranked as one of the top 10 costume parties in the United States by USA Today, one of the top 20 events out of 11 states in the month of October by the Southeast Tourism Society, and Festival of the Year by the Louisiana Travel Association in 2020. This one is definitely on my list for 2022. Maybe on yours too? And now it's time for the episode quiz. So those of you that go out to our Facebook page know that we do a lot of different content every single week, Monday through Friday. Monday, we highlight a monster. We call that Monster Monday. Tuesday, we do a quiz, which we're going to get to in just a moment. And we always give you the answer uh, in the next podcast episode. And Wednesday, we highlight a paranormal film or book. Thursday, we try to give you some current paranormal news. So the quiz for this week is, what was often mistaken for mermaids in early Florida? Was it A, cypress tree stumps, B, manatees, C, dolphins, or D, driftwood? So once again, what was often mistaken for mermaids in early Florida? Cypress tree stumps, manatees, dolphins, 
or driftwood? And the answer is manatees. Manatees is the answer. Mermaids have been part of myth and legend for centuries, and with as much as 95% of the ocean still unexplored, it's no wonder people ran with the idea of an underwater half-person, half-fish for so long. When Christopher Columbus thought he had spotted mermaids on his journey to North America, he was so excited about the encounter that he noted it in his travel journal. According to National Geographic, On the previous day, 8 January 1493, when the Admiral went to the Rio del Oro, which is currently Haiti, he said he quite distinctly saw three mermaids, which rose well out of the sea, but they are not so beautiful as they are said to be, for their faces had some masculine traits. What Columbus actually saw were manatees, and it was the first record of the animal in North America. While it's impossible to confirm that manatees are responsible for every mermaid sighting, there's reason to believe they're the most likely culprit. National Geographic describes manatees as being easily mistaken for humans from a distance due to their forelimbs with five sets of finger-like bones and neck vertebra that let them turn their heads. Manatees also have a flat tail and their flipper may resemble stubby arms helping them to resemble mere people. This seems to be especially true when people spot them mostly submerged in water with only small parts of their bodies visible from a distance. While members of the order Cyrenia, and I don't know if you caught that, the name Cyrenia comes from Siren, which of course mermaids are known also as Sirens, uh, they are much larger than you'd probably expect a mermaid or a siren to be. Their slow-moving behavior and closeness to the water's surface, though, could easily create shadows that might dance just under the water, making for quite an illusion for unsuspecting sailors. These creatures were also said to stand on their tails in shallow water. From a small distance, one might take this as a mermaid or siren beckoning or saying hello. The creature's ability to rotate their heads might also allow them to pass for humans from far enough away. While most people today would likely ignore the myth of mermaids, the animal behind the myth should not be ignored. I've actually swam with these wonderful animals. They're truly beautiful and graceful, and they're well worth protecting in their natural habitats. Sadly, however, these peaceful creatures are threatened today. The decline of the world's manatees can be traced back to several different reasons. The loss of natural habitat caused by global warming, as well as human incursions into their waters. Boat propeller accidents are particularly devastating. Manatees, also known as sea cows due to their passive grazing habits of seaborne vegetation, are already listed as an endangered species and facing a high risk of extinction. Their populations are expected to decline by up to 20% over the next 40 years. That's about two manatee generations. Unless humans take real action to help save manatees, mermaid sightings and fantasies may begin to fade away, right along with the creatures that inspired the myth. Here's what's in store in our next episode. They caused a minor panic and were seen across two states and in northern Mexico. 
Eyewitness accounts leave no doubt as to their existence. We know what people described seeing, but in reality, what were they? It was one of our biggest examples of a mass UFO sighting, and one of the top UFO experiences out of all UFO cases. Join us next time when we dial up the incredible story of the UFO shocker, the Phoenix Lights. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by.